As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Welcome to Spin Rate, presented by Tops. Check out Topps Project 70, celebrating 70 years of Topps baseball cards. My name is Drew Fear Service, and yes, we are here typically talking about your Toronto Blue Jays. I don't think we're going to do that this week. If you listen to the show on Sunday with my co-host, Caitlin McGrath, who covers the Blue Jays for The Athletic, you heard us go through, uh, at that point, what was a really big moment. The Blue Jays had just come off a great series or a great they had played three games of a great four-game series against the Boston Red Sox. And then, lo and behold, things kind of turned a little sideways since last we spoke. The Blue Jays' bullpen is a subject of much debate as they have really struggled to, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Get outs. They've really struggled to get outs. The Blue Jays are now embroiled in another tight game against the New York Yankees, trying to see if they can keep the Yankees at bay. There was so much talk about the Yankees collapse and the Yankees being in this state or that state on their way in. Well, right now, the Blue Jays are fighting. I don't know, fighting for their lives. That's probably a little bit dramatic, but they're in tough against the Yankees who had their ace on the mound. And the Blue Jays got a great performance here on Wednesday night from Ross Stripling, but the game is still ongoing. But what we're not, what we're not going to talk about is today's game or yesterday's game or even any games that have been played in this century, uh, there was a big announcement that came on Baseball Reference this week. And it was that Baseball Reference, the baseball information hub, uh, recognized and dramatically expanded their coverage of Negro Negro Leagues and historical Black Major League players. They made, uh, uh, they've put those those, um, statistics side by side against some of the, the, the great historical figures and, and numbers uh, from the American League, from the National League, the traditional major leagues. This, is, this follows um, an announcement that came from the league uh, in December and then into January. And I wanted to talk to uh, Mark Carrick, who is a former beat writer. I believe he covered the Mets, maybe even the Yankees. He's covered many teams. He is a, is a deputy managing editor here at The Athletic. He is in charge of talent development. But we had an amazing talk, an amazing chat about 
the history of the Negro Leagues, the the sanitization of the existence of these of these traditional uh, Negro Leagues, black and, and Latino players playing in exhibitions, barnstorms, all that sort of stuff. It's a really, really great talk. Uh, it's maybe not, again, about the Toronto Blue Jays, but I think it's a really good talk. I had a, an amazing time talking with Mark about the history of the game and about the stories that we tell ourselves when we tell our history. I think that's really important. I think it's really relevant to what's going on, not, or what happened not only cent, uh, a century ago and, and, and 60, 70, 80 years ago in America and in Canada, but still today. Who tells the stories and why? And I think it's a really fun talk. So without any further ado, I want to remind you, of course, to subscribe to the show. If you like this, if you like this episode with Mark, if you want to hear us talk about the Toronto Blue Jays, Caitlin and I, whenever we do that, every Sunday, and then we do another episode every year on Wednesdays, you should subscribe to the show um, on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts, wherever you get the show, wherever you get your podcast, you can find Spin Rate, you can search, you can give us a review, a rating, all that good stuff. We would really appreciate it. You can also subscribe to The Athletic if you want to read Caitlin, if you want to read Mark's amazing story that we reference in uh, our chat here today, if you want to read everything that there is when, as it comes down to the trade deadline here in baseball, and if you want to read long, short, all the really uh, exciting and, 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 and interesting storytelling that's going on at The Athletic, you can do that. Go to theathletic.com slash spin rate and sign up. If you sign up also, if you're, if you are a subscriber to The, uh, to the Athletic, you can listen to an ad-free version of this show through that app. If you don't, if you're not so inclined to use some of the ad, the podcast players I heard, I listed off previously. But with all that out of the way, I'm excited to go and have you listen to my talk with Mark Carrig on this edition of Spin Rate. Let's talk about a big piece, not a, not a new piece of news, but it was it was reintroduced and it's in the kind of main topic of conversation uh, in this maybe part of the internet, which was that. The Negro Leagues are major leagues, and it was Baseball Reference put out an announcement this week that all uh, Negro League statistics are going to be counted as major league statistics right there alongside, not sort of sidelined, not in a special section on the site. Those records are going to stand tall alongside all the historical records from across baseball, something Mark's written about a lot in the past, and I'm really excited to get his perspective. Mark, thank you so much for taking the time. Yeah, thanks for having me, Drew. So while this was something that was, you know, uh, rolled out on Baseball Reference, which uh, again is sort of a ground zero for a lot of baseball fans of a certain of a certain uh, vintage and of a certain mindset, I think a lot of which would be reflected in our, le- our readership. This is something that's actually dates back into December. Um, I'm wondering if you could kind of maybe maybe give us a little bit of a, of a short, quick history lesson in, in the way that this sort of um, transition and, and that this is not just baseball reference. This is something that the, the, that the big leagues did um, dating back into last year as well. Yeah. So this is um, actually one of my favorite parts about baseball is things that seem really simple and clear cut on the surface are pretty much anything but. And this situation is sort of in line with that. So in December, Major League Baseball announced that they would recognize the various Negro Leagues of a certain time period as major leagues, with the biggest consequence of that, the biggest fallout of it being that the league was going to, at some point, make those Negro League records a part of the official record. Um, Now, that was only possible because there have been a group of researchers 
really, I guess, starting 30 years ago, up until now, they're still doing this, they're still compiling numbers, that essentially reassembled a lot of these seasons through press clippings and other research. They developed the standard methodology. Um, it, you know, it, it kind of worked where it was an initial effort of a bunch of people dispersed all over the place, and it turned into something that got coordinated. And so it was a situation where you had people building off of previous work and then refining current work. And so really what they've done is just a miracle, frankly, that you could find what had been scattered, incomplete, fragmented records and assemble enough of them to the point that you could present them as part of the historical record. So that was a major announcement by Major League Baseball. Now, again, this is one of those scenarios where there's more to it than meets the eye. Because when you begin to really drill down on the Negro Leagues, you begin to realize that our conceptions of how baseball ought to be and, and what, you know, the length of seasons and all those things, when you look at the Negro Leagues, it didn't happen that way in those leagues. And frankly, it didn't happen because you know, of some really difficult topics that I think we're all coming to a reckoning with now, right? Like, I mean, there was a lot of uh, injustice in that time, systemic racism at that time. And so when you see officially a Negro League team played 70 games, which obviously pales in comparison to the 162 um, that you know, we see in the major leagues now. Um, you know, it, it's like, okay, how do you compare that? How do you, how do you, you know, how do you compare 70 games to 154? Um, not easy, right? Mm -hmm. Not easy. Mm -hmm. So essentially what baseball did was make an announcement that on the surface, and, and like fundamentally, it's great. This is awesome but they hadn't really thought through exactly how they were going to marry these records. And because of the fundamental differences in how the league was structured, what even counts as an official game, <laughs> that is a tall task. So I'm going to give you an example. This is one of the best examples I can think of. When we talk about the Negro Leagues, we have to understand we are talking about a whole different world, whole different time, whole different construct of what we know as professional baseball. Now, you had a uh, competing leagues at the time and Satchel Page is pitching. And there were times where the other league needing to sell out the building for a weekend basically rented out Satchel Page. So that would be like if the Cubs needing to fill Wrigley Field against the Cardinals mm -hmm. decided, hey, they called New York and went, is DeGrom starting Saturday? Can we purchase him for that day? Because we really need to sell out Wrigley Field. These things happen, okay? Now, let me ask you, Drew, is that an official game? <laughs> I mean, the, like, the, the players played, right? And I think that's, that's what, it, what it comes down to, that, that the, the players played. But I think it, it is a fair kind of philosophical question. It's, mm -hmm. it's it, not only, you know, you and I talked a little bit off, off the air about how much the game has changed since you were on the beat covering it every day. But, I mean... You know, it has always been an ever-evolving thing in mm -hmm. terms of the way that the what you know the the American League, the National League operated. And I mean, it, it it's a really fun but very powerful discussion, I think, because 
it really gets to the core of like what validates something as a major league. Is it the amount of money that's being paid? Is it the amount of people that's watching? Is it who is it that's watching? Is it who is it that's keeping track? I mean, it it really gets to the core of I think a lot of those ideas that you've talked about. It it really it it touches so many things that are that are we're having more conversations about now than we have in in a, in a long time about mm-hmm. systemic racism, about opportunity, about about who is empowered to to look down on who or or, or who is empowered to 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 anoint who as the great ones and what is real and what is fake and what is exhibition and what is barnstorm. I think it really, really opens a lot of really interesting and important conversations that are about more than just like, did Josh Gibson hit 800 home runs or 165 home runs, right? Like this is, I think your, your point is a really good one that this is like, this is a fundamental conversation about, about who, who makes the rules and that old, like, I think it's a line from like Aladdin, like he who has the gold makes the rules. And I think that that's, you know, in a way that's kind of what we're, what this is, is pointing towards right yeah it, it's again the you know the way you framed it there drew i, I you know i think I'm, I'm all aboard with that I, look who gets to say what is quote-unquote normal right like mm-hmm. so a big argument with the negro league statistics and this is something that has been happening for years by the way people looking at this and so you know one point is you've got again some teams playing 70 games a year some as few as 40 that were quote-unquote official uh, against other league teams, yet these teams were barnstorming against high-level competition, right? White teams that were just a step below the big leagues, right? Or So you, you would have semi-pro ball clubs in that time where, you know, half of them might be, you know, just guys, but the other half were like people on the way up, mm-hmm. right? Like the, this is still a time where like that is how you got your seasoning before you got into the major leagues, is in some of these clubs and, and there were cities like a place like New York, for instance, where, man, these clubs are no joke. All right. Like Brooklyn fielded teams that were really, really, really good. And, you know, and, and so these Negro league teams would be playing these high quality opponents and it, it defies modern day definition. Right. I think that's what in, in, in researching this, you know, I wrote a lengthy piece about this for the athletic in January where, I mean, I just kind of rabbit hole because I was fascinated Mm-hmm. By how do you you know really even look at this? I, it it kind of shatters this idea that I think it was, you know, kind of propped up for like you know 50, 60 years, frankly, by like media and sports writers, like for in that time period where the statistics were unassailable, that these were somehow these like you know in stone, right? When and then when you look at the history of statistics, though, that that is also not true. Like statistics have always been gray they've always been tricky they've always been subject to judgment calls uh, i didn't know this the american league statistics from 1901 to like 1903 don't actually exist anywhere the, they had to be reassembled by a team of researchers so mm-hmm. one thing i heard a lot you know doing the research and read a lot was you know people questioning well how can you get negro league statistics in the record book officially when you know, they, you have to reconstruct these. It's not the same as like a, a league ledger where you can audit these results, double check and whatever. Like that does not exist for the Negro Leagues. Well, guess what? Doesn't exist for the first three years of the American League either. And they had to use the same methods of reconstructing those records as they did with a lot of the Negro League records that got incorporated in baseball reference. But like, you know, this is something, this is a point to make clear, right? As, this is a monumental moment. Okay, let's let's be clear about that. Baseball reference, as you referenced earlier, Drew, like this is for our generation, like about as official a record book as it gets. This is it. 
Mm-hmm. But it's actually not an official record book. It is right. not the mm-hmm. official league-sanctioned record of what happened. So, yes, like the one that everybody sees is baseball reference, and to their credit, they've been out ahead of this. But as we speak here in the middle of June, official recognition hasn't happened yet. And so, honestly, when I saw this story, I'm like, well, this is good. This is a first step that I basically wrote about that it was coming. Mm-hmm. Okay, like the, but I am very curious about, all right, what is the official record going to say? And we might not see any clarity on that for a year, maybe more. Um, you know, and that's a whole different <laughs> issue altogether. But like as of now, it does, it's not official yet. So while it's on baseball reference, right? Like let, you know, let's say you have you're watching an ESPN Sunday night baseball game, what are they gonna use? Are they using baseball reference? Well, no, generally they're using Elias, the official mm. version of the statistics. Well, those are unaltered right now. And, you know, my story explored a lot of the tricky terrain they're going to have to navigate to get there. Who's going to be involved in this? You know, Sean Foreman does wonderful work. You know, they can, you know, like do what they want to do because, it, you know, it's a private, it's, a, it's his venture, right? Like mm-hmm. there's a measure of control over how you're going to present the statistics or whatever. When Elias does it. I don't think anyone has a firm grasp exactly of how that process is going to unfold, who's going to be involved in it. You know, how much does the league get involved in that? MLB.com, I think, has got a piece of that too, because what they present on their site has to jive. Like it's it's a kind of a tricky thing. And and you know, last I looked at it, you know, no one really had any clear answers there. So yeah, monumental to have it on baseballreference.com, a major step. Okay, especially because that is where people look, but not official. We'll be right back with more spin rate. But first, check this out. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. I mean, I, I think it is a bit of a, it's a, it's a, it's a good thing to have because it's almost like the kind of picks or it didn't happen perspective, right? Where, where, especially here, you know, in Canada, for example, where we're having lots of uh, debates and, and, and internal reflection about, about the, the experience of indigenous people and the way that they've been treated and the fact that, that so much, you know, like, uh, like oral legend and the way that, that histories are told is uh, versus the official account and how sometimes when those things conflict and it's so easy to just sort of reflect on or, or reflexively look back at what you, what you were told or what the history book that everyone read. But I think 
the, that every, every time that there's a bit of a, a crack in that facade, important conversations can happen. So if I, you know, while, you know, at the beginning of your piece, you referenced some of like the kind of famous numbers, the numbers that I remember as a kid. And I, I'm not, I think you and I are probably pretty close in age where when I was a kid, I could rattle off like 750, 755 and the 401 and, and 193 RBIs or whatever the kind of numbers that, that stood. And then as those numbers have fallen and as I've, my, I've moved through life, I don't know what the, what the records are anymore. I don't know how many home runs Barry Bonds ended up with exactly i didn't know that he hit a lot of them you know so so that 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 sort of that edifice is sort of is, is sort of falling a little bit but i think that every time there's someone when there's the, the power of, of of a place like baseball reference as an example where if someone googles it or someone is on there and they're a keen baseball fan and they look something up and suddenly there's a uh, uh some great numbers from from uh josh gibson's you know uh like 19 uh 1937 season and it can spark that conversation it can spark that what's up with this how come i haven't hadn't seen this before you know this 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 guy's numbers are out of this world and then with just another can command t and you got a new tab and next thing you know someone is searching up searching uh, josh gibson and, and learning about josh gibson about cool papa bell about Sa- satchel page like I, I i just hope that a this is a gateway into exploring and, and revisiting these conversations as well as just another way that people can learn about the rich history uh, of of these of the negro leagues and the ver- the, the various negro leagues and the players and the personalities and then also to to have those conversations like you said like was this a real game just the this the different nature of of the game and the kind of sanitized corporate version of sports that that so many of us see and know and interact with every day it doesn't it wasn't always like that and hopefully it doesn't always have to be like that in the future as well yeah, I, you know, it's such a great point you make, Drew, about conversations. I, I think if there's anything that comes out of the news for baseball reference, you know, this week, is that those conversations are going to be happening more often now. And you know, this is where I think the baseball press shares some responsibility in this. If we leave it to where it's just numbers on a page, right? Like you see names and numbers and whatever. That's fine. But I would hope that when we begin to look at those records, when records fall and we reference them in, 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 on our site or, or when we're writing about it or talking about it, that you know, we're going beyond just listing the number and the name, that we explain why these names are there. Like if they're unfamiliar to us, and many of them are, right? Like that's, I think, one of the great things about this is that there's going to be a lot of really hardcore baseball fans that are going to get an education in some of these players that just haven't been, you know, frankly, properly recognized, valued, respected, right? Like these conversations begin in earnest and they're going to happen a lot more, but I think that's where I would hope, you know, if, even if they're not official yet, that we start using baseball reference and like use that as an entry point to give the context that is important. Like we need to talk about why they played 70 games. Mm-hmm. right like we need to talk about how that exhibition quote unquote like a word i i came to detest after writing that story by the way because when i hear exhibition right that's spring training there's zero stakes mm-hmm. zero when you're a negro league team and you're operating literally week to week um and you have a big double header in one of these major league ballparks on a weekend, and you're playing a team from the other league, that is anything but an exhibition. You're playing for your financial livelihood, you're playing for your existence. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure what is higher stakes than that, 
No, you're right. It, it reminds me of that old uh, that old Chichi Rodriguez quote about like putting for a uh, hundred thousand dollars is 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 one thing, but when you're playing for twenty dollars and you've got five in your pocket, like it's those are a, it's a different kind of stakes, right? It's a different kind. Of, right. There's that immediacy that's that's there that that you know, like Garrett Cole gets paid no matter what, right? Garrett Cole is, is going to get his money and he earned it, but but this is this is a whole different thing. And I think that another another key point in, from your story that you uh, and you linked out to Howard Bryant, which is that the Potential for maybe baseball to sort of, uh, well, maybe for lack of a better word, whitewash the the history and and to maybe strip even strip the context of like, so why did Josh Gibson only get a chance to play seventy games a year? Why did Satchel Page not come to the big leagues until he was, um, I believe, in his forties? Like what, what, like what, what, what did what was baseball's history that 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 it clings to and leans on so heavily? Why did baseball kind of handicap itself? By by keeping this invisible divide apart for so long, when it could have just created this incredible atmosphere with these incredible athletes all playing the game that everybody who's having these conversations loves. Yeah, no, it's you know Howard Bryant, the piece that you referenced there. You know, he's, Howard's one of the better thinkers of the sport, in my opinion. Like, and I've said that about Howard for years and years. And you know, the piece that he wrote in the aftermath of the initial announcement. It was just more proof of that and just a really nuanced criticism of, of the league and its actions and how, yes, this could be looked upon as almost trying to absolve itself of, you know, this really terrible injustice that it perpetrated, right? Like bottom line, that's what, it, that's what they did. So um, yeah, it, it's look there, this issue to me, again, fascinated by it because there's just so many layers involved, right? Like it's, how about this, right? Like you, you wanted, I, personally, right? When I remember re- researching the story and thinking, gosh, like uh, how many of the decision makers in this process are African-American? Mm-hmm. And I found a starting, it's a very low number. But then it's like, when you look at the research community, Right. Like as far as I could, like just asking around, like it's, it was a reflection of that. Right. Mm-hmm. So like, well, then why wasn't there more of an effort then if that was the case to really look for these voices and make sure that they had a chance to weigh in and like be part of the dialogue. Right. Especially when, you know, there's some folks that had done research on the Negro leagues for most of their adult lives that were surprised by that major league baseball announcement in December surprised. Mm. I mean, that's not good, right? That is not good. So, you know, again, I think this story is just beginning to unfold because, you know, baseball reference, I reported that in January that this was coming. Okay. It's Elias. It's MLB. It's how those folks decide to incorporate these into the official statistics. And what's really tricky about this is that, you know, and, the, the folks who are listening to this that are really into statistics and, and into that community, I'm not breaking any news to them. You know, Elias has some credibility issues with a large segment of the folks that do research in this space. And they have a history of, you know, making decisions about, you know, like altering numbers, let's say, or, or they find an extra RBI, like for Babe Ruth or something, mm-hmm. and and you know not bothering to tell people that's been changed, <laughs> or or you know one one thing that I think Dave Smith brought up, um, you know, he, he talked about how they would do things like that, alter Babe Ruth RBI total or whatever, and not tell anybody what game 
they found that extra RBI. Okay, like so the organization that has been entrusted with, you know, or really when you think about it, is this beyond just putting numbers together? This is how is Major League Baseball tangibly going to recognize these players who have been, you know, unjustly ignored for years and years and years and not acknowledged in the official record book for years and years and years. How are they going to do that? Well, the folks that are going to be spearheading that effort have a track record of being not very transparent. Ah, that's, you know, again, if this is something that uh, you're, you're watching and, and it matters to you, right? Because we all process baseball and watch the game differently. If, this is some, if you're someone who watches this game through the lens of statistics and all that, this is, you know, still an unanswered question. And, and I, I'm very curious as to how it unfolds. Um, you know, and like that's a point that I think should not get lost in this. It's great news, right? Baseball reference gets seen by so many more people than whatever Elias is putting out there. That is true. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I guess it's just a matter of like, okay, does official matter to you? Right. And that's another question, too, by the way. Like this concept of what is official and what is not. I think that's another thing that's sort of gone out the window as far as importance. And, Frankly, baseball reference is proof of that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Like this, the fact that this site, which has never been quote unquote official, by the way, has become this massive, important, essential resource. Uh, that tells you something too, does it not? Right? Like it's not official. Does it matter? I think, you know, the, I don't want to take too much more of your time, but I think it comes back to the sort of Hall of Fame wars that have, that have kind of gone over, gone on for the last 10 years where it, it, those are the statistics, the statistics fueled so many of those conversations. It was so important that these statistical contribute contributions of these players, uh, of if it's, uh, like Burp Blylevin Blylevin or, or Tim Raines or, or, uh, or Larry Walker, whoever, everyone, you know, always, there's always been these kind of, causes that that certain writers or certain folks have taken up um to make their case for a player or something that they're they're passionate about and i think that this is this is another sign of that and this is this is you know josh gibson was in the hall of fame and such a page is obviously in the hall of fame but but again to continue to push and to continue to tell that story in a fulsome way to tell it honestly and to have it be represented not as like a kind of old-timey newsreel like oh and by the way the black players just happen to play over here and they just happen to do this sort of thing like tell the tell that real story not not the not a varnished version not a not a, a sanitized version that makes that doesn't make you know big league baseball and the powers that be and the name and the names that, that so many that are so synonymous with the the history of the game and building the game into what it is today that doesn't let them off the hook and doesn't just clean it up because it's a messy history there's there's so much messiness and and again we see that with you know even jackie robinson on jackie robinson mm-hmm. day again there's there's sometimes the, the rough edges get smoothed off and we're not always telling the full story but but i think it's so important for for those who love the game and those who love history and those who love the way that history and 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 who's telling that history sort of overlap i think it i think this i hope this is again as we said off the off the top like a bit of a catalyst for conversation a catalyst for some folks who, who who might not know much about it to dig a little bit deeper and for all of us to just sort of again reflect on reflect on what it is that we're cheering for and what it is that we're looking up and what it is that we're collating and and the fact that 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 just there's so much there is still so much power and balance and 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 that power always kind of serves itself in a lot of ways and 
I, I think it's a, it's a this can be like a microcosm of a bigger conversation, but it's so fascinating and 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 uh, I I don't know again you've sort of touched on it. What what do you think is the future then? What like what are we going to see along this in these debates and 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 as this story progresses over the next year or so? As because as, as you said, this research is still ongoing. The the content the the continuation of folks pushing to tell this story. What do you think we're going to see and and hear in the next uh, in the next coming months and years? Drew, you mentioned something earlier in the conversation that I think is really relevant to the question you just asked. And it was about, you know, we're about the same age mm-hmm. when, when we were probably early in our, you know, exposure to baseball and we're learning the history of it. Cause that's what you do, right? You learn the history of the sport. You feel more connected ingrained to it. If you know that, cause that we're all, you know, reading from the same history book. Right. Um, we used to know all those numbers off the top of our head, 755, mm-hmm. 714, um, you know, the 61, right? Like we, we knew these and we don't anymore. And I think it does speak to maybe an acknowledgement that these numbers are just that, that there's context that's important that they shouldn't be held up as these like never changing things because they actually are changing all the time as we see on baseball reference not just this week but if you pay attention you know there's a lot of updates there's always something being found and as you mentioned as far as the negro league statistics go this is an ongoing effort so i think in one way folks are just gonna have to like get over this idea that these are you know never changing no it's the opposite. They're always changing. Mm-hmm. That's how history works. History is not that neat. It's just no. not that neat. And, and, you know, we were, I think for many, many years in baseball, there was this illusion that it was. And, like, and it, you know, the sport, frankly, benefited from that illusion, right? Like we'd look at home run chases and all that, you know, they're able to like capitalize on this idea that really was a farce. Okay. Now of all the major sports, I think, you know, how baseball's written about, right? It's the coverage of it. It's different. Like there's very much, you know, I think a responsibility by folks that, that make their living covering this game where history is so important and like understanding it, putting it in context is frankly a part of the job. But I would hope that understanding this like, you know, development, understanding Negro Leagues, understanding these players, how they fit, how they should be presented, the context in which they should be presented, and also getting into the reasons why. You know, the, the you know, we talked about some of the you know differences in the leagues and differences in play. Like that's a responsibility. Again, I think I said it earlier, that's a responsibility I hope the writers take seriously because it, it's a chance to do something really, really important, frankly right? To, to continue the conversation is to frame them in a way in which, you know, you're, you're educating. And, and, you know, I say that because you know what, like, I look at it like, this is like a whole new way a whole new level, a whole new layer of this sport to go appreciate that most folks just, you know, you know, have only a surface understanding of, you know, one of the things I miss about writing Drew is that, if it was a subject I didn't know all that much about, it felt like the best job in the world because I was getting paid to learn something that I wanted to go look up anyway. Mm-hmm. It's like the greatest ripoff ever. <laughs> so I remember working on that story for three weeks and like being so happy 
because it was fun. It was fun to learn all of these things about the Negro Leagues that I just did not know. And I was someone who covered the sport for years and years and someone who watched it from the time I, you know, I was a kid. And it was like remarkable how much of it I didn't know. And so there's some folks that that might feel intimidating, but I think for folks that appreciate the game, um, it's kind of special to have that again. So that's what I hope these numbers do ultimately like is we've talked about it a lot right conversation exploration deepening your understanding of of the context of these leagues why they existed the injustice at the center of them but also man you guys could play that is some mm-hmm. great 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 players that were doing remarkable things and yeah it's you know we i think there is a responsibility for the chroniclers of the sport um to get into this, to share it, to put it in the right context, to make it something that we pass along to the people that are just starting to watch the game, right? Like we, we do that with Babe Ruth, we do that with the history of the Yankees or whatever it is, right? Mm-hmm. And that we need to do that with this history too. I think so. I think that that people of a certain age or, or, or lots of folks, as we've said, kind of start in baseball uh, and you get into that historian mode and you learn about the game and you learn about the names and you read kind of a little kid version where it's, a, you know, 500 words on Mickey Mantle and you read the next page and that's, a, you know, 600 words on Willie Mays. And then I feel like so much of us, and so right now the way the baseball's talked about, it's like everyone is not in historian mode anymore. It's more like GM mode. Everyone is trying to be like a GM and we're talking about value and who's, what's, what's this, what's fair. I think that getting switching back and reincorporating some of that historian mode, and also just real this because there's so much in the stories, and there's so much in the in the way that the game is the story of the game, and the way that it's told, and that the statistics are so important, and they make they 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 build a foundation to the way that so many of us watch the game. But at the game, at the end of the day, it is a game, and it's a game with an incredible rich history, one that mirrors more than just the, the 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 changes in the bat and the changes in the ball it really tells a story of of people um in this in this country in this continent and i think it's a really really rich one and i think a lot of folks will get a lot out of time they spend digging into that history as well i know that i've gotten a lot out of this chat mark i really appreciate you taking the time uh you as you said you've you've moved on to a different role at the athletic but where can people follow you on twitter and where what can we uh, expect from you in terms of work that maybe we might see in the next little while <laughs> see or not see maybe i'll have your thumbprint on it if not your byline yeah you know like i still have some stuff cooking in the background um you know a couple projects here and there um but you know my as you reference right like my new role has really been um helping other writers Right. Like, so mm-hmm. this is a baseball podcast. It would be like being in um, player development, you know, mm-hmm. like that's kind of what it feels like, except it's not just the kids coming up. Right. Like I've been lucky enough already just in the last couple of months to work with, you know, folks kind of all over, you know, the experience spectrum. Right. Like we've, I've got people I've worked with that are really early in their careers and like, it's been fun to watch them kind of figure out how to do it well. and then. You know, I've been equally invigorated by the folks on the other end of that who already do it really well. And part of the reason they already do it really well is because they're the types of folks to always be looking for ways to do it better. And so to get mm-hmm. a call from one of those people, uh, which has happened a lot here, 
has been so much fun. So um, it's weird, right? Like I think as a writer, one of the satisfying things is like, you know, you did your work and people saw it. That was a lot of fun. Your name's on it and, you know, you, people knew what you were up to. And, you know, I was lucky here. Like people read my stuff, like people followed. It was, it's a blast. And I'm still on Twitter, still tweeting about whatever. I still watch a lot of baseball because, you know, like that's just what I do. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's been fun to get into the other sports too. We're talking about Kevin Durant uh, as we're getting ready to go on, on this. I mean, just being able to watch more of the other sports and be attuned to that too has been a lot of fun. But, you know, still working on a few baseball projects. They'll be out there hopefully at some point later in the summer. Um, always kicking ideas around, still talking to people involved in the sport because, again, those habits die hard. But, um, you know, it, my footprint, as, as far as it appears on the site, is, you know, it, it's, it's actually been fun to be in the background mm-hmm. a little bit like that and, and watch other people sort of jump in there and, and do work they're proud of and to know that, you know, I played like even a little role in that has been really satisfying and, you know, it's kind of re-energized me, I think too. Um, been a lot of fun. Awesome. Excited to see what, what's coming down and, uh, and hope you can enjoy the, the games for what they're, what they are and, uh, and have yourself a great summer. Uh, Mark Carrig, thank you so much for taking the time. Thanks a lot. Dude.